getting a job is very different from doing the job. I think the hard choice may help, you know, in terms of uh, creating an impression in a casting director or making your read memorable. Mm-hmm. But very often when you're doing the job, that's not what's required. You know, what's required is, is, is a sense of being a real person, you know, not being a scene-stealing person, not being yeah. a scenery-chewing person, but a mm-hmm. person, you know. And sometimes that requires very, very uh, non-flashy choices. listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And coming up in episode 245, Trev sits down for part one of his chat with actor Chin Han. Uh, You probably are going to instantly recognize this guy. You've seen him in the new Independence Day film, The Dark Knight, Contagion, recurring on the TV show Fringe many, many more projects. In part one, Trev and Chin Han discuss his very unlikely and synchronous journey from Singaporean economics student to regional theater and TV stardom, and then on to regularly working Hollywood actor with some of the industry's biggest names. What a cool journey. Trev and Chin Han discuss fear, self-doubt, trusting that, that, they, that he was enough. Uh, it all plays a role because it's all part of the process. That and so much more coming up in episode 245, so stick around. Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from Rehearsal Pro, the next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors. And yes, indeed, it is now available in the iTunes App Store for your iOS device. Learn your lines, get off book for your auditions quickly and reliably, explore your character, make stronger choices, and do a whole lot more. They're adding new features almost by the week. Go to rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now to learn all about the great new features in this newest version of Rehearsal, the groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors. That is, again, rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Yo, Trevenator, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. We do. You've got some pretty good news. Uh, Before we get to that, we have just a couple kind of fun announcements, but I am so excited to talk about your good news. So (laughs) uh, first off, for our members, this is pretty cool. We've been teasing this for a while. It's been a long time coming, but the guys over at Inner Image Media, you may remember or recognize the names Miguel Amodio and Michael Lang. Both of them have been guests in the podcast before. And they run a great production company called Inner Image Media. Uh, an arm of that is called Rapid Reels. They do some of the best work in town, creating reels and scenes and short films for actors. And they have started rolling out exclusive content for our membership. This is stuff they're putting together just for us, just for our members. And the first video right now, as of this recording, the first video, there may be another one by the time you hear this. First video is actually live 
in the membership. It's a really beautifully produced 25-minute interview with a guy named Tyler David Gilbert. He uh, is their sort of in-house sound technician, and he talks a lot about how essential sound is in productions and just a lot of sort of like behind-the-scenes knowledge that I think it's good for all actors to, to just have in their back pocket so they can be on a film set and work with uh, the crew and the technology with a little bit more authority. And if you're interested in creating your own work, this is must-know stuff so you can you know, do it well, do it smartly. So uh, check it out in the membership and lots, lots, lots more coming from these guys. So excited to be partnering with them and offering um, this kick-ass exclusive content for our members. So that's pretty cool. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, I want to I want to toss the ball to you, AJ, real fast. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin Johnson, uh, huge shout out to him. He's a big supporter of the podcast, and he reached out on Facebook to say that he booked a new uh, series on Netflix. Yes, very very cool. So congratulations, Kevin. And then Trev, you want to do a quick plug for your your upcoming VO. Uh, I sure do. I sure do, man. You know, the more I teach these classes, the more I realize how um, they're just so well done. I mean, you know, yes, I'm biased. Yes, I teach these classes. So I've got like this is this could be construed as a very sort of self-interested comment. But it's some of the best training out there. And David is, as I said, is redoing the entire year long curriculum module by module, week by I'm sorry, month by month. And the new content is just so good. And as I've been teaching it and going through it and and uh, applying some of the things that I'm learning, I'm like, oh, my God, anybody could create their own, you know, at home thrival job doing voiceover work, everything from audiobooks to doing, you know, one off freelance stuff on the various casting websites to creative, uh, creating effective profiles. I mean, if you're looking to, to create a little supplementary income for yourself, doing acting work from your home in front of your computer with a microphone, using your voice, using your skills, this is this is like must have training. So I'm really stoked to, to be doing it and uh, to be teaching the next class uh, on Sunday, August 28th at 5 p.m. We're going to cover uh, how to voice specialty narration. That's like, you know, legal and technical and medical jargon, stuff like that. Uh, how to market effectively in voiceover. Some really fun marketing um, tips and tricks and tactics and studies and things like that. And then lastly, one of my favorite classes ever, creating your own voiceover content. It has never been easier and you don't need permission from anybody to get out there and start doing stuff. We talk about everything from piggybacking on existing productions to creating and marketing your own stuff, everything from setting up the payment infrastructure. Uh, it's, It's awesome stuff. I'm really Excited and honored to be teaching it Sunday, August 28th, 5 p.m. Go to vo2gogo.com slash Hollywood to learn more and sign up. Hope to see you there. Dope. I'm excited. I will definitely be attending one of those someday soon. Great. Oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool to have you, have you in class, man. All right. Wait, happy to be there. <laughs> so listen, without, without further ado, share with our listeners this fucking awesome news. <laughs> I like you, you know we have a guest guest that's going to be on the show today. <laughs> You're like without further ado, AJ. Yeah. Um, yeah, well it's big and a lot of people have already seen this on social media cuz I I did post it and we got a lot I got a lot of comments and congratulations from listeners on Twitter and Facebook. Dude, last so- time I checked you had like 370 likes on this status update on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 370. I'm, I'm- I'm blowed up. I done blowed up. Where are we at right now? 
502 likes. God damn, brother. And 112 loves. Well, nobody can say that you don't have fans. So I booked uh, my first ever guest star role on a network television show. Yeah, you did. So uh, you can insert the um, uh, cheers uh, sound effects at this point of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the one that you that you talked about last week. This is the meeting for NCIS LA. It is yes, I talked. To, it's so funny. I talked about it last week, and then uh, and then here we are. You know, uh, and I booked it. Uh, so that's the way. That's the way it should always go. <laughs> that's the way you know we should always be like talking about an audition or meeting one week and a and a booking the next. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, I, and I do have another guest star audition uh, today after yes. we're So yeah, just when keep it rains, it pours, baby. And I know embarrassment of riches. And there's another really cool story um, that I'll have to. I'm going to wait and and tell it later because I'm not sure what to make of it right now but it because it, it's kind of seems too good to be true but i i implicitly trust the person who emailed me about it so i'm, I'm really excited to talk oh, wow. about it okay here, so. um but i i just work speaking of you know when it rains it pours like work begets work man i i hadn't been on stage since i left new york until i did this thing with the jewish women's theater and all of a sudden you know, it's like one thing after another after another, and uh, and 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 it's not like it's not like it has to do with that production. You know, it's not like this job came directly from that job. But I, I, there's got there's something to be said for just energetically being in the work and telling the universe I'm working and I'm ready for more work. And you know, I just applied for full time. And one of my thrival jobs, and now I have to give away like six shifts so I can be on set. Like that's an awesome problem to have, but it's so funny because I'm like focused really, really hard on 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 creating abundance and getting to a place where I really like that thing that just I guess flew into my head uh, uh, the other week when I said, you know, um, it's hard to swim when you think you're drowning. Or whatever, mm, like yeah, yeah. that just yeah. that just came to me. I don't know if I need to give credit to somebody else. That might be somebody else's quote, but um, it has really stuck with me. And so, even if I feel like a lot of uh, pressure or whatever, I am I'm really focused on like okay, if I if I think to myself, I believe that I'm in a place of scarcity or that I'm drowning right now, I'm not going to be able to to thrive. So I get to like knock that crap off basic <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know i'm i'm so grateful i i'm just like i've been such gratitude um just thanking thanking uh family and friends and 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 you trevor like uh i i you know i posted that that facebook post and i definitely wanted to include you because you know there are people who who watch day after day week after week while we essentially gamble, uh, which is a word I got from, from Jasmine. It it kind of is, it's like gambling. Like it, I'm not saying I'm addicted to it, although, you know, I can't, I don't really want to do anything else, but this, right. But you know, there's no way of knowing if the next job is going to be the one you book. And yet, you know, it takes time, it takes money, it takes energy. You, 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 you have to, uh, you know, sometimes call out, you know, sick from work to go to a meeting, you, you spend money on headshots and resumes and all these things. And, and there's, there's no way 
it's going to take so long for the ROI to match the I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's going to take forever. Like this job, first of all, I'm a must join. There goes $3,100. But, uh, you know, so there's no, there's no way that this particular job is going to match what is what has been flowing out uh, for the last it's been three years since I booked a major film or television role. I'm so grateful, not for the booking. That's, that's the cherry. Um, I'm grateful for the people that I'm surrounded with on a day to day and week to week and month to month basis. Like that, that's, that's the only way I think I could stick it out, stay with it. Well, a couple things you sourced us. So that's all you. <laughs> and uh, and secondly, we all knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. So congratulations. Uh, can't think of a more uh, deserving person who has put in the work. And uh, I can't wait to hear about it. I do want to briefly talk about uh, the must-join thing. Because uh, it ain't cheap to join the union these days. 3100 bucks, like you said. But you did mention that you're applying for a loan. And I, I was unaware that the union offered loans. This might be something kind of useful for some of our listeners who might be in a similar situation. Yeah, well, the union um, doesn't offer loans. It's actually through the credit. There's a couple of credit unions that they ah, gotcha. work with gotcha. that have personal loans specifically designed for um, the initiation payment that mm-hmm. have, you know, low interest rates because essentially there's there's proof that you are using the loan for that purpose because right. SAG SAG sends them, you know, a a document saying, you know, he is joining and he owes this much money or whatever. And then in in most cases when it's funded, when the loan is funded because one of their branches is inside of the uh, union headquarters here in Los Angeles, they will actually get up from their desk and hand walk the money over to the SAG-AFTRA membership people. <laughs> so it's through them. Um, if that doesn't work out, I'm waiting to hear you know what the decision is on that. If that doesn't work out, SAG-AFTRA does have a payment uh, plan that uh, is a six-month payment plan, but you do get to pay uh, the first 30% of that up front. So it's okay. like $1,025 or something like that on the first month, and then the remaining 2000 you pay off over the next five months. So it probably comes out to around $400-ish a month for five months. Mm, okay. And that's, that's real money, you know? That's no, that's no joke. Now, they do accept, they do accept credit card uh, for, for payment. So, you know, it, it, we've, we've joked about the people who we've had on the show who have made their uh, credit card movie, mm-hmm. you know, their credit card feature film. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe this is like what we as actors get to spend our credit card on is, is stuff like this. That's sort of unexpected. And you may be surprised. I mean, this job may just pay for that entire initiation fee. I know already. I, I forgot. Honestly, I didn't even think about residuals. I know for a fact that the initial payment, it could cover those initiation dues. Yeah. Um, well, you're going to work multiple days. I'm sure. 
Yes. Yeah. At yeah. least. Okay. Four. Yeah. So, then, then you're. It's all gravy. But there's the unexpected nature of it, right? Like I could have joined earlier. Yes, absolutely. You know, thinking ahead, but you know. Who wants to throw $3,000 into something that they don't know if they're going to use right away? Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> that whole question, you know, whatever. But I could, you know, I could have been ready for this, absolutely. Um, but it's the, yeah, the unexpected nature of like, oh, geez, here we go. I love it. There's always a new level, man. That's that's kind of the fun thing. It's like these little surprises, these little Easter eggs that life has for us sometimes. It's, you know, I think there's a way, there's a couple ways to view it. You could view it as like a, oh, shit, another thing on my plate. <laughs> Or you could view it as like a woo, here we go. I just I just yeah. graduated to the, to the next boss. You know? Yes, I'm I'm so I'm so excited. I am yeah. so stoked because every you're right. You know, we were talking about it before we started recording. Every problem, quote unquote, that I have for this issue, you know, every problem that comes up is like yes, give me the problem. Every mm-hmm. single one. Like, yeah, oh, here's yeah. another obstacle. Yeah, cool, awesome. I wouldn't have this obstacle if it wasn't for the fact that I booked it in the first place. Bring it on. Awesome, brother. Well, again, congratulations. When do you shoot? Uh, I start on Friday. Wow. Oh, quickly. Sweet. Yeah. Well, it's the world of television, man. It's All so right. fast. It's so crazy. Uh, yeah, audition and callback were on the same day. Um, I got a call. Um, from my manager on my way home to say that they had pinned me and the next day I had booked it. Um, and I have, I'm going to wardrobe tomorrow morning. I have the read through tomorrow afternoon and then I start shooting the day after that. (laughs) From initial audition to being on set will be like like a Monday to a Friday. <laughs> like 96 hours, basically. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, wait, what's happening? Oh, that's so cool, man. Well, can't wait to hear uh, all about it, man. Quick shout out to theodagogo.com, uh, the award-winning voiceover training system that you heard me talk about earlier in this episode. They're also the winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best Voiceover Training four years in a row, and that ain't for nothing. You can visit vo2gogo.com slash start to get access to a free getting started in voiceover online class. You can take it right now. It's 10 modules. It'll take you right from knowing nothing to knowing exactly what to do to get started in voiceover. And you can add that to your acting portfolio and your income. So that's vo2gogo.com slash start. And without further ado, I think it's time for part one of my chat with Chin Han. Yeah? Anything let's else you it, wanted man. to squeeze No, in? let's okay. do it. All right. So here it is, guys. Uh, part one with Chin Han. It's such a cool freaking journey. And you'll hear me. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Chin Han swam competitively in, uh, you know, in, his, in his younger years. And so you'll hear him mention swimming a couple of times. And we, you'll hear me kind of get excited about it. Uh, but it's not about me. It's about this guy. So enjoy part one, and we'll catch you on the other side.
everybody, this is Trev, and I'm really excited to be sitting across from an actor that you've probably seen quite a bit, but haven't officially met until now. His name is Chin Han, and he's uh, been in a lot of different stuff. You've been in the, the most recent Independence Day film, uh, The Dark Knight, directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, you had a great sort of run on uh, the TV show Fringe. You were in Contagion with Matt Damon and all those guys. So really excited to hear about your journey, especially because you started in Singapore. And yeah. made the transition over here to, to L.A. So thanks for being here. Yeah, hi. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, Trevor, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here and to be uh, talking to all your listeners. Um, yeah, the journey began a long time ago. I mean, it was uh, more than 20 years ago when I started out in uh, the theater in Singapore. Awesome. And uh, it was a time when, you know, I mean, the theater scene was very vibrant and was growing and was developing. There was less of... Uh, a film and television scene, especially for English language uh, speaking uh, actors at that time. So by default, you know, I, I fell into the theater and uh, fell in love with doing um, the classics. You know, I mean, I started out doing Shakespeare and Moliere, and and it, it was it was just um, it, you know having a whole new world open up to mm-hmm. me. I actually, I actually want to ask you a more foundational question just to start. What, what drew you to theater? Like, why are you an actor and not in, you know, real estate or something like that? <laughs> um, well, the thing is, as, as a child, I was uh, very fond of the movies. Um, I think that was my church in a way, you know. Um, if you asked my parents what I would ask for for my birthday present, let's say from the age of six onwards, it was almost invariably going to the movies. It was always going to something, seeing The Empire Strikes Back or The Godfather, you know, and it was it was always that way. And uh, rumor has it that uh, when my mother was carrying me, she was uh, she was also watching a lot of movies and a big fan of it. So mm. <laughs> I think some of that kind of came through the womb there. <laughs> yeah, it's like Baby Einstein, right? And then and right. All, all that Mozart, right? Um, so I I loved it. I mean, it was it was just terrific. I mean, it was I I just loved the stories that were being told. And when it came uh, to an age where I was starting to write stuff and I was starting to write fiction and stuff. I I, I wanted to be uh, a storyteller, you know, in, in any kind of way. You know, you can be a storyteller as a director, you can be a storyteller as a producer or even a soundtrack composer, you know. Um, so, uh, but, you know, somehow uh, acting was something that just came and and afforded itself uh, opportunities to me, and I took them. Hmm. Hmm. Very cool. What, what was the transition going from like, oh, this is something I really enjoy doing in theater, to like, I'm going to go all in and make a career out of this? Well, it was interesting because uh, I held off for the longest time, you know. I mean, I came from a school where, you know, which produces a lot of doctors and lawyers and members of parliament you know it was it was a good school and and so i held off on it for a long time and you know did all the things that you know someone from that school would be doing i was part of the swim team you know uh in studying the sciences and and um you know it it came in the year 2000 no 19 
87, I think, and there was a Singapore Youth Festival going on, and the junior college that I was in decided to put on a play, uh, you know, and I auditioned for it, and I, you know, I got in, and I... I did it. So I mean that that was that was a lot of fun. And from there on, it was like zero to a hundred, really, because mm. the next thing I did was a professional play, and then there was a bigger one, and and you know, um, and it, it was it was it was so quick, you know. And then suddenly I'm thrust into the, the world of professional theater, even while I was in school. Wow! And this is all in Singapore. This is all in Singapore. Wow. So um, after junior college, I went to university. Uh, I was majoring in economics and linguistics. But while I was doing that, I was also doing professional plays, which means that my time, you know, there just wasn't enough time in the day uh, for, yeah. for me because you're going to tutorials, you're going to lectures, and then you're going to rehearsals. And then you're sneaking off, you know, sometimes from lectures and tutorials to do these rehearsals. And you'll be rehearsing till like 11 because you're, you're working with people who do this for a living yeah. you know, while, yeah. while I was still studying. And I think they, things came to a head one day. I think this was just before I graduated uh, when I was sitting in the cafeteria of the, of the university and I almost like fell asleep in my breakfast. And I was like, wow, this is just <laughs> this wow, too is, much. <laughs> this is too much, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't. Uh, wait to graduate to, so that I could pursue it full time, and I did, uh-huh. you know, and I did. Okay, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, I uh, I had a similar experience when I was in college. I was swimming and doing all like that, but I had a whole, my day was planned from like five thirty a.m. all the way through till eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, the theater is one of those tricky things where you, you kind of have to be a night person. It's like one of those industries that is almost exclusively at night. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it was uh, very heady times, you know. I mean, because you know, I was working in a theater company where they had a they had a director who was a, a bit of an uh, enfant terrible, right? I mean, he had a vision. Mm-hmm. And he, he was, you know, they, he did a lot of physical theater and. Uh, with us, so that meant something that was very physically grueling. You know, I yeah. mean, it was uh, Grotowskian, and you know, it was all kinds of improv, and and he would let rehearsals run on to like two in the morning, even. You know, if he didn't mm. see something that he 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 wanted. Wow. So no no strict union rules uh, at that time. No, no. You know, no. I mean, it was very. Um, it was also very uh, communal in that way, and because nobody was complaining, you're not going to be the first one to complain. Right, right. <laughs> were were there know. any specific uh, mentors or teachers or books or anything that you really depended on or leaned on during that time? Well, you know, I mean, it, it was a lot of on-the-job training. You know, I, I think that was that was part of the the beauty of my experience i think you know uh, so a lot is at stake you know i think when you're you're in acting school when you're in uh, you know drama college or any of these places um the the training is rigorous and uh, comprehensive but you know when you're you're doing it on the job uh, the stakes are very high you can get fired <laughs> you mm. know you're not going to just get critiqued you're gonna get fired, uh, mm-hmm. and and so you, you're in there, and you 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 know you you're doing your best, really. Okay, so you it know. was really school hard knocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, wow. 
Okay, cool. So how, how long were you doing professional theater in Singapore before you started to transition into, you know, being on camera and working well, it, professionally in that it realm? It took a couple of years, you know. I, mean, I, was, I was in theater for a good, I mean, like, what, 80, my first play was in 89, and then I got off with my first TV series in 1995. So that was about six years. Wow. Yeah. And how, what was that like? Did you slowly sort of work your way up doing background roles or was it like someone came to one of your shows and said you're my guy like how did that again it went from it went from zero to a hundred you know i mean that that seems to be the recurring theme of my life um (laughs) so i was doing theater and uh, they were casting for a commercial uh, for citibank um, now called something else uh and uh, it was a nationwide uh, thing and uh, i got it and it was very you know, it was very different and groundbreaking for its time because it was, you know, in, in, it, it was just a camera on me and I was just mm-hmm. talking. And then suddenly I'm on this campaign that's on buses and in newspaper inserts and everything. And, and, and from there, I think the TV station, when they had decided that they wanted to have a, a drama unit that, that produced English language TV shows, uh, they came to me. And then I was offered the lead in the TV series. So I mean, wow. it was it was like dropped, you know, air dropped into the wow. That's into, awesome. Into ground zero, you know. <laughs> so, did, did you ever have yeah. to put your economics and linguistics degree to work to pay the bills? Or um, you know, I've never earned a earned a cent uh, outside of the business. Wow. You know, I mean, either it was at one point in time I was a guest lecturer at some finance institution, but that was later. Uh, and, you know, uh, either as a director or a producer or an actor. No, but I haven't earned a cent outside of, yeah. Wow, outside. so you've been able to subsist on acting income your entire life. Yes. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. That's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what was the, the transition like going from having success in Singapore to having success in Los Angeles or Hollywood? Well, it's uh, it's it's very, you know, it's it's very uh surreal you know i mean at the end of the day you you may say that the craft is the same you know i mean whether you're doing a, a play for a hundred uh you know a hundred people in in a in a theater in in singapore or uh, you know wisconsin you know right or whether you're doing a, a play on broadway um ideally you would be doing the same thing right i mean <laughs> technique wise you mean yeah, yeah. technique wise you know yeah. you You'll be applying all the same tools, and you, you try to be as authentic as possible, and you know, um, be part of a collective vision. Um, so the 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 work is is the basics are the same, but obviously, when you come to Hollywood, uh, you know, someone once told me when I was cast in The Dark Knight. Um, Someone once told me, he, he said to me, he says, you know, you are now in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. of acting. Yeah, we've heard that before. And and yeah. so that was kind of interesting for me because I, I didn't grasp the, 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 you know, the significance of that at that time. You know, I, it, Christopher Nolan was someone I wanted to work with. Uh, I loved his movies and uh, it just felt like an incredible opportunity to be part of, again, a canon, you know, of of uh, movies dating back to you know the TV shows and the comic books and yeah of Batman. So the the difference being that you know the platform is a much 
bigger platform. Your approach, you know, your 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 product is uh, your work is seen by millions and millions and millions mm-hmm. of people. Not to mention that working in Hollywood is is just incredible. You know, I mean, I think that when you're when you're on a movie like The Dark Knight. Uh, or uh, Contagion, or working with Gus Van Zandt, even on a smaller movie like Restless, um, you know the 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 amount of artistry at every level is is so impressive. You know, uh, it's not to say that you know there's no talent in other countries. I mean, there's talent everywhere, but um, the the ability to draw the best in in every field. For example, I mean, like the Dark Knight. You know, the music, the soundtracks composed by James Newton Howard and Hans Zimmer. I mean, yeah, arguably the best people in the yeah. business. You know, when I shot Restless with Gus Van Zandt, it was shot by uh, Harry Savides. You know, the late the late and great Harry Savides, who has done a lot of work for David Fincher and. Mm-hmm. And as such an artist, you know, I mean, when I watch him work or light a scene, it's like painting. He's painting yeah. with light, obviously. With Steven Soderbergh, you know, he he works with this amazing editor, Steven Mirioni, who edited Traffic, and you can remember how amazing that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Dark Knight, you know, again, um, the DP, Wally Pfister. So, uh, you know, at every level, editing, you know, music... <laughs> Cinematography, costume design. Uh, everyone is firing on all c- cylinders. You know, I mean, everyone is just on top of their game, and it's it's just very exhilarating to be working mm. like that. I can imagine that there may have been moments where you may have looked around and said, "Oh my God, I, when are they going to figure out?" I'm yeah. a, like a lot of actors say this. One thing to figure out, I'm a fraud. Like I don't belong here. These people, they're professionals. Like we've heard that a lot. Has that has that ever been a, a thing for you? Have you ever had that sort of self doubt? And yeah, always. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're constantly playing that game with yourself, right? I mean, mm-hmm. whether oh you're good enough, or you deserve to be here. You know, whether you know, um, you know, whether you're going to be the weak link in this. Mm-hmm cast you know i mean for example i remember going to a set on the first i mean going to set um for the dark night and my first day of shooting was in that prison scene and i'm doing a scene with gary oldman uh aaron eckhard uh, christopher nolan directing and um i mean heath ledger was was somewhere on set as well at that time and and I'm looking across the room to Gary, uh, and Gary is looking back at me, and I'm like, what's he thinking? What's he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> is he thinking I suck? Right. Or... <laughs> Who hired this guy? Or is he going like, wow, where did I get this guy? Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Where, where, where did he get, the, you know, where did Chris get this guy? You know, he's yeah. amazing. But, you know, it's a constant dance, right? I mean, it's a constant mm-hmm. dance of, uh, you know, insecurity and 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 at times on good days uh confidence you know i mean where you mm. feel like yeah i got this i got you know i got this but you never you never you, you know it, it doesn't it never goes away i mean right. it's, it's yeah. you know but you you get used to it and you you accept it, you mm. know after a while and and you accept it as part of the process you know Hmm. Part of the process. I love that. I was going to ask if you have any, um, like, I don't know, rituals or mantras to like, when you feel the, when you go to that place in your head and you're like, man, I just don't deserve to be here. How do you pull yourself out? But I, 
hearing that you just say, yeah, it's, you just accept it as part of the process. You feel the feelings and you get up and you do your, your work. Yeah. Would you say that's pretty much how you approach it? And that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, that's, 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 uh, that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, you just got to suck it up and do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, right very, it's very much like, uh, you know, because I used to, to do sports, right? I was a competitive swimmer back in the day. And I, it's actually very similar, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's very similar. Acting is very similar to high performance uh, sports. I mean, you're there, whether you're sprinting or not, I mean, whether it's a sprint or a medium distance or, you know, a long distance uh, uh, event, or even springboard diving or, you know, rhythmic gymnastics, it is for that period of time, you just have to be the the best version mm-hmm. you can be. I mean, I hate to sound like an army ad, but you, you, <laughs> you, you're trying to be the best version that you can be, you know, yeah. in that from, from action to cut, right? For, mm-hmm. for swimming is when you hear the, the starter pistol go off until you touch the wall, yeah. right? And, and so, you, you know, the getting in that zone uh, and, then, and then going for it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's interesting because I, I swam competitively as well. And, mm-hmm. and the times that I swam my worst races were when I was trying really hard to psych myself up. I remember <laughs> one meet, I was at the national meet um, my sophomore year of college, and I had written on my hand, I am fast. Mm-hmm. And I would just look at it. Con- I was so insecure about my ability to perform <laughs> that I had to keep looking at And I swam like an awful race. I changed yeah. things up at the last minute that I'd never done. And my yeah. best races were when I just trusted that I had done the work and I just let it go. And I got in and I swam. And you, like, you just remove your head from the game almost. And yeah. with acting, I think it's, like you said, I think it's the same thing. You just trust that you've done the work and you kind of consciously forget everything and just be in the moment and, and know that you're going to be able to stand on the foundation of the, the work you've put in. Yeah, I mean, it's the muscle memory, right? In, yeah. In, in a yeah. way. Um, and uh, no, to- totally. I, I, I remember one competition where I was, you know, it was the finals and we were uh, the top two seeds, you know, in, in, in the relay team. And I remember... You know, doing all that stuff, you know, that huffing and puffing and, mm-hmm. you know, getting ready and getting psyched and, you know, and, and, and then, you know, I jumped off when I, you know, when, when I took off, um, um, when, uh, when another swimmer came in, when I took off, somehow I was so psyched that I arched my back so much that when we, when I, I, that when I entered the water, it was almost like a pike. Mm-hmm. And I went in so deep, and just couldn't come out, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and lost like uh, you know precious time, and 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 then we lost that race. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, we came in second, but uh, I will always remember that because that, that was just uh, very, um, yeah, that that was just, you know, that that haunted me for for ages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, coming back to acting, yeah, you know, I mean that's. Uh, the, you know, the, the tightness doesn't serve you. You know, it, it just doesn't. Um, th- there is a there's an intention and there's a focus, but uh, tightness just doesn't really serve anyone. Mm-hmm. We've heard uh, on the show before. Uh, one of our guests said something we'll never forget. He said, "Wear life like a loose garment," mm-hmm. and I love that. And I think that applies a lot to what you're speaking into right now, which is just sort of like you just kind of you you, you play in it. And you just trust that uh, that you you just trust the that presence mm-hmm. will be enough. Yeah. And then it, within that presence, all the self doubt conversations and whatnot just kind of fall by the 
by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's 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 important to know because sometimes when you go to acting school, I've, and you know, I mean, I've attended a few, you know, just to see what's being ta uh, taught. And I, I think that for a lot of scene study classes, like for example in Los Angeles, um, you know, you go to class and the teacher is, you know, um, is teaching or selling the concept of making hot choices, hot choices, hot choices, all mm. the time, hot choices, you know. And sometimes a hot choice is not what is required, you know. I mean, sometimes... <laughs> Another choice is required. Hmm. Getting a job is very different from doing the job. I think the hard choice may help, you know, in terms of uh, creating an impression in a casting director or making your read memorable. Hmm. But very often when you're doing the job, that's not what's required. You know, what's required is, is, is a sense of being, hmm. I mean, doing the character work. And and then uh, being a real person, you know, yeah, um, yeah. not being a f not being a scene stealing person, not being yeah. a scenery chewing person, but a mm -hmm. person, you know. And sometimes that requires very, very uh, non flashy choices. Mm -hmm. So when you say hot choices, you mean choices that uh, raise the stakes or that yeah. feel very real in your life right now, like going to those deep emotional. Cues. Yeah, or something memorable, you know, do yeah. something crazy, you know, mm. I mean, like, you know, just before you kiss the person, slap him, you know, or something like that, you know, <laughs> right. do, do something crazy. And and I understand where that's coming from, you know, I understand that, you know, as an actor, you know, go go wherever you need to go, you know, push the limits, you know, uh, surprise yourself. Um, uh, but, you know, um, the, there are other... Um, there are other considerations when you're actually on a film set mm -hmm. and you're actually working. Yeah. Yeah. Has your family been pretty supportive of this journey? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have been. So, um, the, you know, I mean, they've always been. I cons you know, I call them my hippie family. Uh, because in Asia, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's you don't get this very often. I mean, there's, there's always a strong emphasis on, on uh, being of certain professions, you mm -hmm. know. And when I decided to do this, I mean, the, the, there was never any doubt. I mean, there was always like, oh, great. Uh, and this was when I was younger as well. They were like, do you need a ride to the audition? Mm, wow. <laughs> or, or do you That's need to cool. do this or that? And they have yeah. never missed a single show of mine. They, they have never missed a single show. Wow. Not a play. Uh, n you know, none of my TV shows, episodes of my TV shows or... Or movies, or you know. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, so I mean, they've, they've been supportive that way. It's great. I don't see them as much as I like to, but you know, I they're mean, all still back in Singapore. Well, they're, they're in various places. You okay. know, my brother has a place in London, and you know, me, my my family, the rest of my family are, are in Singapore. So um, yeah, but you know, like even last week when Independence Day Resurgence premiered, uh, it was so cute. I mean, they they had. Uh, texted me a photo of themselves at the cinema in Singapore <laughs> about to enter the theater while I was about to do my own premiere. Oh, that's cool. So that was that was that was very sweet. Oh man, such a cool journey. 
Uh, I'm so excited to hear this, to hear the the second part. Um, read through the notes, and uh, I'm just what it's so amazing. It's I, I've been. I feel like we've been gifted with so much inspiration lately, and mm-hmm. and and talk about an inspiring you know story. Like, yeah, yeah. What what he says about uh, tightness and how tightness doesn't always you know it doesn't serve you, of course, and of course the parallels to, to athletics, but also he's, what he says about hot choices and how there's all these acting teachers out there that you know that, that encourage you to make the hot choice, the bold choice. I think what he said was like you know slap the person before you kiss them, you know like. But he says that I, I just love that he says. You know, those are great, but like, don't do it just to be fanatical. Like, don't don't do it to be memorable. Like, because that's not always the right choice. Sometimes the right choice is to sit there and be silent. Sometimes the mm-hmm. right choice is to be completely impassive. Sometimes the right choice is to walk away. You know, uh, so it, I, I, I I'm I'm so happy that he pointed that out, and it, it comes from somebody who obviously has the uh, credentials to make a statement like that about the craft and I, I think we sometimes lose that you know we're constantly coached high stakes high stakes high stakes bold choices big choices and yeah but let's not lose sight of the fact that we're portraying you know human beings operating in the real world and oftentimes high stakes uh can mean you know um defeat i guess Hmm. For lack of a better term, sometimes, uh, however you want to interpret it, but it doesn't always mean slapping the person before you kiss them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so let's uh, let's talk about picks of the week. What is Polly Mail? This is your pick of the week. Poly so Mail. I got to be honest, I completely stole this from Godali. Yeah. So there was a, I think I made this other app um, my pick of the week a, w- a ways back. It was called Mailbox. And it was like this really awesome app for email on your yeah. phone. And they, I don't know what happened, but they went down in flames. Like, they, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, they, they got bought by Dropbox, and then they basically decided that too many resources, they were being spread too thin, and so they, they closed it down to focus on other stuff. Yeah, and they had, like, there was, like, too many competitors and all this stuff. So I was so sad because I loved Mailbox. So you're going to love Polymail because it's everything that Mailbox was and more. Um, it is like what Mailbox could have been if it was cons- if it continued to be in development and had really, you know, intelligent um, designers and engineers continuing to work on it. So, um, it, unfortunately, and I know we have a lot of Android and uh, Windows users that listen to us. I'm really sorry. It's not my fault. I didn't design the app, but I do use Apple devices, and it's only on Mac and iOS. So, mea culpa, but um, anyway, uh, there it is. Uh, Polymail.io is the website. You can obviously find it in the uh, various app stores. Oh, sweet. I've been using Google Inbox, and yeah, I like it. It does the trick, but uh, it's not, it's no mailbox, so. Yeah, well, and and Polymail has a lot of the really cool features that are sort of um, plug-in type features for uh, Gmail, like... um, like uh, re- uh, reminders, like read later reminders and boomerang and like all those all those plugins that you have for Gmail to make Gmail like super powerful are all built into the app. All right. Can't wait to check that out. Your pick of the week, my friend. Eating Animals by is a book called uh, called Eating Animals by a guy named Jonathan Safran Foer. And it's a powerful book about it's in the vein of like a omnivore's dilemma and some of Michael Pollan's work. Essentially, Jonathan Safran Foer, he's a writer, he's a novelist and, uh, you know, had a, a, a baby boy with his wife and um, started to really think about what he was feeding and teaching his 
his kid, his baby boy, about the world, what the, he was encouraging his, his kid to put in his body. And so he sort of initiated this self-investigation into food, specifically animal agriculture. And it's it's a really fascinating deep dive. It, it, uh, the first half of the book, he kind of goes back and forth between like, Animal agriculture is evil and horrible and abusive and it's rape, it's murder and it's destroying the planet. And like, sorry, this is just what happens when you have a species at the top of the food chain. Like he goes back and forth and I found myself sort of swaying with him. And then the second half of the book, he just he just rips the bandaid off and uh, he goes undercover with like investigators to, you know, uh, you know, CAFOs, concentrated animal factory feeding operations. And, you know, he goes to slaughterhouses and stuff. He goes to, like, you know, small community-run slaughterhouses and the big ones. And he just sort of in, he interviews the people. And some people are really remorseful about working there. And some people, like, could not give two shits. And it's a really interesting deep dive into the processes that we go through as human beings, both consciously and unconsciously, to justify our diets. And he doesn't, you know, evangelize vegans and vegetarians by any means. And he doesn't demonize meat eaters. He just lays it out. Like, this is what's happening. These are the facts. This is where 99% of your meat comes from. Uh, this is what, you know, we're supporting or we're not supporting. This is what the government, uh, this is how the government plays a role in it. And this is how the money plays out. And this is what, you know, who's in bed with who else when it comes to, you know, subsidizing these things. And absolutely fascinating i read the book in like three four days uh some of it was very difficult to read and i think that's why everybody should read it mm. i have a lot of a lot of friends who you know I, I get worked up about this this you know vegan stuff i i i feel very strongly about animal rights and uh i was talking to a friend the other day and i said something about like oh i saw this this video on on mercy for animals website uh and he said is it going to be something i want to hear and i was like maybe it should be you know <laughs> probably like, not but, <laughs> but but that but that's the thing it's like I, I i no longer understand the complete like unwillingness to hear the truth in order to justify you know a, a desirable behavior i i, I mean i i get it sort of psychologically but i i can't relate to it anymore it's so interesting to me. And, and this is all tied into my climate change stuff. You know, I, I think I've talked yeah. about this before. The more I think about it, climate change, the more I realize it's it's not really a problem about us just pumping massive amounts of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere and treating the land like it was, you know, nothing. And just, you know, ex, uh, what's extractivism, I think, is the term for it. Just basically seeing the world through a lens of of what can I get from this rather than how can I live in, you know, symbiosis with this and it all comes down to to the food on our plate man it's the the problem is not the result the result is is the is the warming atmosphere the result is the deforestation the acidifying oceans that's the that's the result the problem is our relationship to other life forms in the natural world and by extension to ourselves both interpersonally and personally and i think that starts with knowing uh what goes into the food that we put into our body uh because that's arguably the most intimate thing any of us does throughout the day is put something in our mouth chew it and swallow it 
it's like it's really weird when you put it that way actually when you th- yeah but like shouldn't we know as much as possible about this and shouldn't we feel shouldn't we agree on every level with the with the you know the all of that the phenomenon you're referring to does, is not just limited to food and it's not just limited to climate change it's pretty much everything right it's politics it's it's uh you know um relationships with people who are not like you right there's an unwillingness to learn more about you know uh islam i mean pick it right pick the subject matter and as long as you have the other um you know it's something about our evolution it's built in man it's hardwired there's something about human beings and our um, survival mechanism that includes uh, ignorance is bliss. You know, I, I, we don't have time for this, but I would play devil's advocate and argue against that. I, I would argue that, that what we have now is actually a learned cultural condition, culturally conditioned behavior. And mm. that our natural state of being is one of complete cooperation uh, and re- reciprocity. Mm. Well, I, I was, I think I was making a distinction between those two things, but I see what you're okay. saying. Big conversation. We should start a whole <laughs> other podcast for this. We could. I've thought about it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got for today. We have a great listener pick of the week uh, coming at you next week, as well as uh, some really uh, cool listener questions that are going to uh, kick off a lot of interesting conversation on the podcast around the various things we come up against uh, in this industry. But uh, to summarize these picks of the week, that is Polymail, found online at polymail.io, and Eating Animals, a great book, a must-read book if you're a human being who eats food. Uh, a must-read book by a guy named Jonathan Safranfell. We're links to both of those on our website. And that is it for episode 245 Today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by me, Trevor Algott, and A.J. Meyer. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gidali Gubrek is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. Timothy Patrick Waterman is our director of public relations. Some guy named Trevor Algott edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. And Fern Lim designed our logo. I would really love to meet that guy someday. He's, um, he's like a radical <laughs> vegan, man. You don't want to... <laughs> Oh, good. Well, then I'll just avoid that. (laughs) You can sign up for a weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes at our website, InsideActing.net. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and soon CBS. See what I did there? And if you do nothing else, uh, a favorable, favorable review on iTunes goes a long, long way. It helps other people discover the show. Yeah, special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and VO2GoGo.com. And a special thanks to you, our listeners. That's you guys listening. If you love Inside Acting and you want to maximize its life, wow, you want to maximize its life? Freudian slip. You want to maximize its value in your life and career and support its continued production. You can sign up as a member and get cool perks like access to our private member community message board. You can get exclusive uh, uh, invites to exclusive member meetups, fun freebies, special bonus content, and a whole lot more. All that for just 7 bucks a month, plus the satisfaction of knowing that you're making this thing happen every week. Just visit InsideActing.net and click on the Membership tab to get started. Or, if you'd like, you can also just make a one-time, no-strings-attached, tax-deductible donation. Just visit InsideActing.net slash donate to do that. Awesome! That is it! 
for episode 245 of Inside Acting. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, presence is enough. <laughs>